All call-outs are mandatory. Stop playing. We call you out, you better get on that island, man. Sign at our studios, the toughest environment to be in. Sign at a studio, the jungle. Sign at the studio, the toughest environment to be with. All call-outs is mandatory. Sonera Studio, toughest environment to be in. Sonera Studios. All call-outs are mandatory. The jungle. Toughest environment to be in. Sonetta Studios. All call-outs are mandatory. Sonetta Studios, the toughest studio to be in. The toughest environment to be in. This is the toughest environment to be in. Sonetta Studio, toughest environment to be in. Sonetta Studio, toughest environment to be in. The toughest environment to be in. All call-outs are mandatory. The jungle. All call-outs are mandatory. To Sonetta TV, toughest environment to be in. Sonetta Studios. Sonetta Studio, the toughest environment to be in. Fuck y'all niggas talking about, man. Y'all know the vibes. All y'all sucking niggas that's trying to hate, we coming for you, you heard? So another studios, pull up. Toughest environment to be in. Sarnetta Studio. The jungle. Sarnetta Studio. Toughest environment to be in. The toughest environment to be in. All call-outs are mandatory. Sarnetta Studios. All call-outs are mandatory. Sarnetta TV is the toughest environment to be in. Hi, my name is Wusir. Freemasonry is the largest and most successful fraternity on earth, and it's black. If we are gonna celebrate anything during Black History Month, it should be Freemasonry. Celebrate by learning true black history and transforming your body with Dr. Inky's 120 day challenge. Dr. Inky's groundbreaking research has been backed by Harvard and now the National Library of Medicine this is Freemasonry at its finest. Remember, before there was a Dr. Sabi or Dr. Inky, there was an Imhotep. Go to Amazon and get your copy now. Yo, I just want to give a shout out to Sonetta Studios, man. They out here in rugged New York. Toughest studios, environment, and all that. You know how it goes. We're going to call you out. All call outs come out. You heard? Sonetta TV, toughest environment to be in. Toughest environment to be in. Sonetta TV. Sonetta TV, the toughest environment to be in. Shout out to Sanitar TV. Sonetta TV. What more can I say? I know you like that intro. <laughs> <laughs> the end. What more can I say? That was oh, you. Man. You're a funny ass. <laughs> anyway, family, peace and blessings to everybody out there. Y'all don't want to miss this. This is going to be a great interview, man. We're going to deal with some help. We're going to see every time you see the minister, you know that we're about to bring you something that's serious, dealing with our health health issues and stuff, mix it up with the politics a little bit. But Minister Inky, before we do that, man, I got to pay the bills. 
Peace to the family. This is Adul Ali, candidate for U.S. House District 12 here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's just be real, folks. The Democrats have destroyed our major cities. Their policies have made us less safe. They've given us less economic opportunity, and they've provided less educational opportunities for our children. And that's why I'm running for Congress, because I know what it takes to improve these issues. I've got great working relationships already in D.C. I spent the last 10 years of my life building my political resume so that one of us, somebody who thinks like we do, could get into D.C. and make a difference. I want you to visit AliForCongress.com to find out more about my campaign. The Democrats have already done enough, and now they're putting illegal aliens in front of people like you and me, folks whose ancestors built this country and made it what it is today. So again, I'm asking you to support me in my run for U.S. House District 12 here in North Carolina. You don't have to live in North Carolina to support because what happens in Congress affects the entire country. So again, it's AliForCongress.com. I hope to have your support. Peace and love, y'all. All right, man. Peace, peace. Thank y'all. Make sure y'all get out there. Support, support. Hey, I need y'all to come on across the water. We on Cam Up Podcast. You already know it's going to be turned off on the side of the studios in a minute. The link should be in the chat. Come on over to the podcast right over here to the Cam Up podcast. They go to the link right there. The link is in the chat. So, my brother, I want to first begin this with um, asking you. Talk to us about you, man. Um, where did you grow up, Minister Inky? Uh, I grew up half in... Um... I would say mostly in the Bronx, but I spent a lot of time in Harlem. You know, my family is from all over Harlem. My dad is from 140th Street to 113th Street. You know, so, I know your dad, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 140th. You know what I'm saying? My grandma right. lives right there. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, and then the Bronx, 158th Street, you know, so. I'm used to to being in the toughest environment. <laughs> so how did you um how did it all start for you? Like how did you get started into I remember when you came in now, you was working on um with the phone company. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, yep. see, you know, you think I'd be forgetting. I remember Verizon. you were working with the Verizon. There you go. You were working with yeah. Verizon. How did it, how did you come into the knowledge and the consciousness of yourself? Um, and what well, made you say, you know what, I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to teach my people. Yeah, that's okay. So with the knowledge, I guess I always had my father and older uncles and cousins that was, you know, whether it was my father with masonry or, you know, my older cousins and uncles coming with the, you know, the, the 120 and the Supreme Wisdom lessons and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but me personally, you know, I guess when I was young, 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 I like magic, you know. So I, I got into like when I was a you know kid, when I'm saying I'm like five, six years, I used to want magic stuff all the time. And that kind of grew into like, you know, science experiments. And that's how I started getting into like science. And then the, the uh, I guess the, the 120, so to speak, bled it over into the science when, you know, because as a kid, you don't really fully understand what's going on. You're just hearing stuff. And so because I was interested in science at the time, when I'm hearing 120, my mind shifted to the periodic table. 
So that was kind of my thing and learning science, like applied to the body and all of that. And, um, you know, but that wasn't like something I wanted to do for a living. You know, that didn't really, um, that didn't really change until I guess my aunt or my adopted mom, Bertha Taylor, may she rest in greatness. She had came home one day. We knew she was sick for a while, but she didn't let us know what was going on with her. And um, they was going to send her to a hospice. And at that point, I, I didn't know even the 1% of what I know now back then, but I threw her on a grape, a grape uh, fast. And, you know, she got almost another 10 years out of her life starting with that. Um, fast forward, you know, um, my daughter, Amber, she gets hit by a car. You know, they say that she's going to be paralyzed for the rest of her life. And in that situation is where I kind of made my first ever herbal formulation uh, called the Mamatomics liquid so that she was hooked up to stuff. So she couldn't really eat nothing or take no herbs or no capsules. All right. I think I think you jumping ahead because I remember when you first came in, brother, I was there. (laughs) You came in, you came in with dreads. Yeah. And you was a Hebrew Israelite. Yeah. And yeah. you were saying that I was, you were Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, I was studying. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But 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 that didn't really bring me into like the healing part. So I definitely am jumping ahead. That's crazy that you your memory yeah, you is know. that sharp. See, bro, You think I don't be knowing, yeah. man. Come yeah. on. Yeah. But but for me, like at that time though, it was it wasn't something that I was trying to do like that. You know what I'm saying? I was still working at Verizon, getting my money, working on my music, doing my little entrepreneur thing on the side. Like this wasn't me being a Hebrew Israelite or being around the information and all that. Like that just was kind of like always a part of me, like I said, since I grew up. So it wasn't nothing that I was, it didn't change. The things didn't change until that situation where she gets hit by the car and I go through so much in the hospital. She was in ICU. My wife and my family was bugging because they was like, I was in the hospital kind of like disrupting what the doctors was doing. I was kind of like taking over, stopping them from taking blood samples, stopping them from feeding her certain things, changing out the IVs. And, you know, she's <laughs> like, yeah. So she like, yo, the lawyer's saying if you don't stop interfering with the doctors, that we're not going to be able to get the money in court. And I'm like, yo, I don't care about no money in court. So me and her fighting, going back and forth. And then the uh, doctor, Dr. Lee, he was the foremost expert at uh, Columbia High School Hospital up there on uh, Amsterdam and, and, and Broadway. And he was like over the whole pediatrics unit. You know, he saw what I was doing. And he was like, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, and we see that little thing that you like sneaking, dripping into her mouth or whatever, like whatever it is you're doing, she's healing so fast, we're getting ready to take her out of the ICU. So I knew that what I was doing was working. Fast forward, you know, um, I get her out. She has the accident August 28th. They say she'll never walk again. By like that February, I had her back walking. (laughs) So that the people made me like people in my family, people, just the close people around because with me and my wife clashing heads like that, 
everybody in the family took her side. It was like, yo, you messing that girl up. You're going to mess her up for life, blah, 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 blah. So you know my personality by now. When I wound up fixing her, I definitely rubbed everybody's face in the mud with the shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so people started to ask me questions and say, hey, brother, you know, you might have a gift. You know, you should, you should do something with that and, you know, help me with this or you ever heard of this or that. And so... I was still at Verizon getting 70K a year. So I wasn't thinking about leaving Verizon, starting up nothing. But that little snowball grew into, you know, that that's what really started right there. Wow. Beautiful, man. Um, let's go a little deeper because now you're into politics. You're helping your brothers where you at and you're trying to get them in the office. I mean, you're supporting them as well. You know, how does political decisions make an impact public health initiatives and what role can a diet specialist play in supporting these initiatives? Mm, that's a hell of a question. Um, a lot of the decisions. So here's the problem. A lot of times we complain about food, especially when we in the neighborhood, like, you know what I'm saying? In the cities supermarkets that's around like when i used to live on 173rd street in the bronx i used to have to jump on the d the four train to the d train to the a train to go down to whole foods or take the train to 127th and walk all the way over to the west side you know what i'm saying like to find supermarkets that had good food at good prices a lot mm -hmm. of times when we complaining we don't realize that these are political decisions that's being made about what food is where. When we talk about what our kids is getting in the school system, breakfast and lunch, what they serve, you know, a lot of us, we can't really afford to feed our children, you know, and then a lot of times those of us that might have the money, we might not have the time to make them a breakfast and then a lunch to take with them every single day. So what they eat in school is important. We thinking this is some type of decision that happens by the principal or somebody like that. That's not the case. These are political decisions. And the largest problem with these political decisions is they made by guys that's wildly unhealthy. They don't know nothing about nutrition and they shouldn't. They're politicians. They dedicated their life to studying law or some other, you know, whatever, something else. They don't know health. So the thing is, we got to start getting our health practitioners and not just any health practitioner because you know lobbying goes a long way you know lobbying is basically the process where you influence the decision makers whether you're giving them gifts or you know whatever it is we're not into any of that you know so we don't know the political process we don't know the lobbying process and so we don't really get to influence what's in the schools and, and blah 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 you know, shout out to um, Councilman Rob up there in Peekskill. You know, um, we actually changed the law already in one city, you know, and had them pass a resolution for us to roll out our program, like my program, Dr. Inky. No, not even Dr. Inky, Inky. You know what I'm saying? Just from the neighborhood, Humphrey the H. Like, literally, I never thought it would be possible, especially with how our people kind of think about politics. You know what I'm saying? Like the white man ain't gonna never let you do this and da 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 da. Literally in peak skill, 
They passed a law to follow Dr. Inky's program of health in their city. You know what I'm saying? We had the mayor, the city council came out, cut a ribbon for us and all that. Like, so, you know, it's possible. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that was a black brother, right? He won, right? Did he win? Yep. And yeah, you know how I met him? How you met him? You know him? how I met him? How? At one of your events at the National Black Theater. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. See that? See that? Yeah. One of your events at the National Black Theater. I wasn't teaching. I was on right. the side vending. Mm -hmm. He came up to me and he was like, brother, I'm going to be honest. You know, y'all brothers online, y'all be arguing. I think all of y'all full of it. But I think you <laughs> the least. Yeah, that's what he said to me. I swear to God. He said, but I think you the least full of it. And. My mom's got end-stage sarcoidosis. The hospital's saying they can't do nothing with her. Um, you know, what you got to sell me? You know what I'm saying? And I told him I ain't have, you know, I wasn't selling him no products, but I would sell him some books, this information. Like, I'm like, you got to learn about what's going on, and then we could talk mm -hmm. to him. And um, he was like, brother, if you can help me with my mom's, I'll dedicate my life to promoting you and this health program and all this and all that. So... This is probably maybe close to 15 years ago or something like that. His mom's still alive now and he made good on his promise. You know what I'm saying? He turned, you know, he went all in. He got a health store up in Peekskill. He ran for public office based on our health initiatives. And yeah. Wow, that's beautiful, brother. So um, I want to know why is this important? Um, in regions with diverse political landscapes how do dietary recommendations adapt to various government policies and their effect on access to nutri nutritious food and why is that important okay so you going in your bag um well we talk about sometimes we don't see the hidden hand and a lot of times we always, you know, we, I'm going to say always, but we, we blame doctors, you know, we blame doctors. We don't blame ourselves for not investing the time and money into first learning how our body works, buying the better food, going the extra mile, exercising, getting political. We don't even know that a lot of times what happens with medicine and what happens with food is based on politician decisions but the politicians don't know nothing about nutrition so a lot of times where we think it might be a conspiracy or illuminati or something crazy it's just a matter of somebody that doesn't know any better getting offered maybe a gift or something whatever the case may be to choose a versus b to them a and b is just as good they don't really understand so we need to start to become more active so that we can be a part. Like these decisions need to roll through health practitioners. That's going to affect, for instance, if there's a food decision that's going to affect what's subsidized, what's not subsidized, that's going to affect the whole country, the whole next generation of children. What we do with our children, how we feed them, that directly affects the margins in terms of illnesses blah 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 and corporations believe it or not they would lean towards what we suggest because it affects their bottom line like they see 
the days missing. They see the insurance coverage going up for each employee. Like there's a lot of things on the back end that cost these corporations money. And if we could show them how it could save them, like how there's a bag involved, like we got to get to the bag talk sometime. Like if we can show these corporations where the money is for them, they would easily roll into what it is that, but we just not a part of the decision-making. So a big part of this is being able to back something out. And I'm not just saying this because my brother Ali is running for Congress, but I'm saying this is a perfect example of an opportunity for us to back somebody so that when he gets in position, that's who we say, hey, you owe us. You got to work with what we saying. You got to go in there and say whatever, because that's all it comes down to. The politicians get in office, like when we saw Obama get in, Obama didn't really do nothing for black folks. I mean, and rightfully so, if we understand politics, it wasn't us that put the money up. It wasn't us going state to state, passing out flyers, knocking on. It wasn't us that got him in. We got excited because he's a black man, but we didn't put him in. So we got to start putting our folks in so that they can work for us, you know, and, and, and see what we can do at that point. So, yeah. Can you elaborate a little more on the challenges diet specialists face when addressing health as parties influenced by political factors and what strategies can be employed by overcoming them? If we look at, okay, if we look at the blueprint, for instance, for how nutrition is even constructed, right? Because before we get to the actual food items, because people are like, yeah, but they trying to serve kids Domino pizza for lunch and blah, 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 blah. Okay. If we look at the actual blueprint for nutrition, how much protein is your child supposed to have? How much fat is your child supposed to have? How much sugar is okay? How much vitamin A, D, E, K, blah, 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 blah. I did an article. Scratch the article. I wrote a book called Eat Right for Your Haplotype, maybe almost, I'd say about 10 years ago now. In that book, I was talking about the differences between equatorial haplotypes and polar haplotypes saying that evolution over time has changed our biochemistry so that the people at the equator we have a biochemistry more geared towards fruits vegetables and things that were available there polar haplotypes have uh, um, a biochemistry more set towards fat metabolism and protein metabolism because that's what was available in the cold, a mostly meat diet. That it wasn't stuff growing everywhere, right? So we got to address these key differences in if we're talking about blacks, Latinos, if we're talking about our issues, our issues are not there. The food pyramid is not constructed around what we got going on. Now, it's one thing when the quote unquote doctor with gold teeth from the Bronx says it, you know, 
people have a problem believing in me because they have a problem believing in themselves because they have a problem believing in their ancestors. Cool. Fast forward maybe six or seven years, I put out an article called Electromagnetic Tissue where I'm talking about the, uh, the disparity in energy output from mammals that Max Kleber discovered and we kind of discovered the solution based on the book that I wrote, Eat Right for Your Haplotype, and I talked about mitochondria. Now, two years later, the National Library of Medicine, the National Library of Medicine puts out an article verifying everything that I was talking about in terms of the differences between um, black folks, quote unquote, and white folks in their metabolisms which leads to the higher rates of cancer for black folks, the higher rates of type two diabetes and how type two diabetes then translates to strokes, cardiovascular disease, etc. If we eat the same diet as our European counterparts, it is going to make us sick. Why? Not because the diet is intrinsically poisonous, but it's not designed around our biochemistry and them creating a diet designed around their biochemistry. Nothing's wrong with that. They're supposed to do that. But we have to get involved with the political process so that we can adjust things for our babies, for our children, for our lifestyles. I agree with that, Mr. Anchor. You know why it's very important? Because I was waiting on you to say this too. Think about it. When we was growing up in school, Damn, we had the nastiest food, the nastiest lunch, the unhealthy lunch. It has gotten a little better, but can you imagine putting your diet inside of the political game? Now, once that happens, but they ain't got no choice but to serve the school lunches a little better, a lot better. Because once they get the knowledge of it, now you begin to change the dietary laws and all of that for all schools. You yeah. see what I'm saying? That's yeah. why that is important. So, but let me ask you, um, how can collaborating between diet specialists and policymakers contribute to creating healthier environments and promoting nutrients, nutrients, um, dietary habits at a so uh, at a so society level, at a certile level? Money. Yeah. Funding. Funding. We gotta we gotta move the money around. We got to get the money to move around because a lot of times um, we complain that the government is not, you know, they're not doing nothing for us. And look at this and look at that. But a lot of times they will have money places, but we just don't know how to access the money. We don't know how to get them to allocate X amount of funds to our local demographics. Yeah, we got to put okay. it on a societal level first, though, right? Like, right. To get it to all the, got to get around, you know? That's a fact. We all got to participate in this right. thing. So that's why it's important that... Now, I got to shout you out, Sa. That's why it's important that you are kind of like leading the charge with, you know, supporting the congressional candidate from the neighborhood you know these brothers are from the hood hood like like hood hood like they came up adoption you know uh architect the twin that came on the show 
he was in the music business forever with, you know, EPMD and he used to produce for, you know, like uh, Timberland and, and Jodeci and all of those people. Like these are guys from the neighborhood. So you being a part of this congressional run, win, lose or draw, you're creating a standard. You know, like it's one thing to talk about what the brothers are doing in terms of politics, but you're now creating a standard amongst the different platforms and saying, hold on. As we doing what we doing, you know, we still doing what we doing, but there has to be some sort of overall, you know, like you, we got to be serious at some point about really making sure that we're giving back to the community in a certain way, setting the example. So you setting the example with the platforms, I'm, I'm anxious to see how many other platforms are going to, you know, start to get involved with this and, and take it to another level. Cause that's all we really need. For funding to happen. But you were doing it as well. I got to shout you out, Minister. You was doing it as well. I remember you inviting me to an event where you started trying to bring on the rappers and everybody. And you yeah. came walking in with Keith Murray. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you coming in with Keith Murray? All right. Okay. Yeah. And Keith yeah. Murray was a part of the movement as well. So yeah. when was the last time you spoke to that brother? And now y'all still in contact with each other. Um, I haven't spoke to Keith in maybe been a little bit of a minute, but Keith is one of my fraternity brothers. So mm -hmm. uh, the same brothers that's running for Congress, you know what I'm saying? They keep him up to date and, you know, like, like we working on something actually right now with Keith Murray. So we got some stuff, you know, we got some stuff in the pipeline, you know, that's coming through. Well, you know, your boy Cedric is in the chat again. He always trying to come at you. He's a he's a scientist. He claimed to be a scientist. And he said, this ish is hilarious, Inky. There is no race in biology. So that's what he's saying. He's going, he's he always trying to come at you, man. So that might be one of the brothers that uh, you might have to go at, you know. Well, here's the thing. I would definitely... Um... Because I remember last time we opened up the floor and then he was ghost town. He he didn't pull up. Right. So he didn't pull what up. I would he what I would say is since he put that comment on this type of video, right? I would invite him to a formal debate with me and him, mm. where mm. where we could debate his comment. Like we could make him put his money where his mouth is, and the debate could be simple. Are there racial differences? What did he say? Did put that comment back up? There's no race in bio biochemistry. Yeah, bio, yeah, biology. Okay, so we can we can put that up, and we can make sure that we put that in terms of the debate, um, in the context of what we're discussing. Right. right. Because what right. I, what I said was that there's a difference in our biochemistry, and so if he's um. You know, if he's serious about that, we could have a debate, me and him. And being that he's a scientist, Inky, it could be science versus health. But what he don't know, Inky, is that health is a science. <laughs> so you got him right there. You know, you're going to hit him in the head. Nigga, what are you talking about? So, I mean, so so Cedric, if you're watching, would you, would you like to have a, a, a formal debate? Is there, um, does race play a role in biochemistry? That's our debate. Yeah, come on, come on, Seth. You got to stop running, man. You can't be hiding in the background and then, you know, you hiding your head and all that. But while he's thinking about it, are there specific instances where 
political ideologies have affect nutritional guidelines and how do diet bro, bro. let me yeah. stop you right there yeah. did you know richard nixon was a part of the the, the food pyramid <laughs> uh richard yeah. nixon richard nixon like one of the most racist presidents in the history of america was a part of putting together the original um back in the 80s you know when they were finding a lot of different studies and a lot of the scientists and doctors not even the seven not even the 80s i think it was the 70s my time it might be over but i know it was him and this is just a prime example a lot of the scientists and doctors at the time were pointing at sugar being problematic you know for people in general but more specifically, you know, minorities, quote unquote, in America. He came in and, you know, waived his political, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, sugar's at the top of the food pyramid. And there's a psychological, there's a psychological effect to us seeing anything at the top of the pyramid no matter what it says in little words on the side you know what i'm saying we see sugar and we don't see um like it's not like apples and bananas at the top no it's sugar is at the top of the pyramid and um you know that played a, a, a pivotal role in sugar usage exploding per person per year and as the sugar usage increased, so too did diabetes, so too did amputations. Um, I mean, it's so bad right now that you, do you know that Brothers is walking around with fake penises? Oh man, I could imagine. I could imagine they, they you know, come on, man. We're in, the, we're in 24 now. Yeah, they make everything now. Cause yeah. I seen fake vaginas and all that, man, so. You know, you but, gotta, oh, don't forget, they got transgenders out there. So you got to, you know. Well, the, well this the, is not like a shot at people making. And, you know. But this this is not a shot at folks that's making their own mental decisions or their right, belief right, system right. or that. What I'm saying is, is I'm talking about. They just suffering mental illness, that's all. What Right. But what I'm saying is I'm talking about going from a time period where our people was hung. And their genitals was cut off against their will. Right. Going to a time period now where our lifestyle and our diet is causing our brothers, our men all across the country, they're losing their penis function. And so the option that they're getting, you know, after the pills wear off, because if you use Viagra's or things like that, there's a time period where those things work for you. And then there's a time period where you got to double up and whatever, whatever. And then they stop working altogether. And That's so, true. yeah. And so, you, you know, in order to regain some semblance of dignity, you know, brothers is going ahead and getting fake programs and they got them where, you know, you can be married to a man as a woman, you could be married to a man. And you won't even know that he got a fake program because, you know, um, it's hidden so well, you know, like it's, yeah, you won't even know, depending on the model. Like, it's crazy that the whole universe of that is, is wow. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Like, and this is what I'm saying. Like, we don't realize how deeply entrenched 
sugar use is and a lot of the things that we got going on, whether it's um, our sexual health, our sexual appetites, when we look at the hidden hand of history, how sugar has driven certain changes in history and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, brother. So um, I got you. You said something before, and it caught my attention. You said, um, you said, God communicates with you. What does that mean? And what do he communicate with you about? Do y'all have, because I want to make sure you all right, man. I don't want you going through no, <laughs> see, we got to send your ass to a mental <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean by that, brother? What do y'all talk about, bro? <laughs> um, okay. you know, a lot of times, you know, people, they, they ask, and this, this is just, you know, I don't have another way to communicate to people where some of my information comes from sometimes. You know, the beauty is, Usually within five years or so, there'll be some scientific papers to follow up to justify whatever, whatever, whatever. But like if we talk about structured water, for instance, long before anybody was talking about structured water on the Internet, like my name is Inky. That's the God of water. If People don't, you know, don't know the origin to that. But long before there was anybody talking about structured water, I was talking about structured water. And they asked me where I got it from. You know, I would have these dreams and a lot of times it'd be information but it'd be totally different in my mind so when you know like for instance the star david right the star david was a, a thing for me for a long time right so you look at the star david as above so below right but that star david is talking about water it's not only talking about water, it's talking about a specific geometry that water takes on in the cells, the hexagonal shape. And if you look at the Bible, there really is no star David there. And it's very confusing for a lot of people that are people of the Bible that, you know, support the Bible or live by the Bible or whatever, because they understand Solomon got wisdom and they can't really understand. Like there's, there's certain things that don't make sense. Well, if you understand how geometry or the science of biosemiotics, how a picture, a glyph, can encode lots of information. Like literally, this is how our computers work and all that right now. This one glyph, the Star of David, encapsulated all of this information. When you look at a, a triangle, right, the as above, that's literally what a water molecule is. A water molecule is a triangle. It's an oxygen with two hydrogens on the side. It's literally a triangle. So that's your as above, but the as below is talking to in your biochemistry. So now when you put it together, you have that hexagon of what's in the middle, that's structured water. So when I start getting these concepts, you know, I didn't have a reference point because there's no Gerald Pollock at this time. There's no Masaru Emoto at this time. You know, the first thing that I had to grab a hold on um, peace and blessings be upon her may she rest in greatness was mona harrison that was the first you know and a lot of people don't even know her anymore you know what i'm saying because she had a mysterious death 
she came out talking about water and a whole lot of advanced concepts on how water affects the brain and the body and health and this and that. But so, you know, it's more about, you know, my dreams and, and, you know, I have specific ways that I meditate and, and things like that. And, you know, so it, it's, it's more about that. It's not like, you know, me, I'm imagining a, a fat white guy that we have in conversation with. <laughs> okay. You said in the past, cause I've been going over and trying to look up some questions. So I will watch your videos. One of the old videos I came across, I heard you say in the past, a lot of things like the rods and cones are greater and lesser lights of the discovery. You also said that um you discovered the yeah. souls. You discovered the souls, right? How can people take you serious now saying you alone discovered the true comedic science? What okay. is the true comedic science? Okay, so that's three. I'm gonna try to make these as fast as possible. Yeah. That's like right. three Take different things. Out. So, so in um, people are familiar. People that are um, into masonry, right, or people that are into the Bible, they familiar with Genesis one chapter sixteen. God created the greater and lesser lights. So, one of my main discoveries was that all of these things, right is biochemistry all of these different things is biochemistry there's no science on earth that's more like that is the number one so man did not create math man did not create music those things were here when he got here right all the other sciences we created except for the science of life that is the main thing that man has been curious about all this time so for me immediately growing up the way i did and having the vantage point you know being well versed and understanding biochemistry anatomy uh masonry um kinetic stuff and israel you know israelite and this the all of these different facets of information it put me in a unique space to be able to understand what everybody else was missing right so when you're talking about the greater and lesser lights those are the rods and cones in your eye those are the rods and cones in your eye because we don't see with our eyes. We see with our mind. Our eyes, we only have light sensitive proteins that pick up the light. That light is funneled in two different directions in our brain. One side goes to the hypothalamus so that our body can use that light in turn to tell our body what type of enzymes, hormones, et cetera, to make biochemistry. The other side is our optic tract so we can formulate pictures. But that all happens in the mind. So it is the rods and cones that's being referred to right there. Um, and then you said something else. Um, you said three things. You said I, in the truth. I'll say now, how can um, the people take you serious after with the true comedic science? Like, huh? With the true comedic science. Right. After saying that you discovered the true comedic oh, the soul. The soul. Right. Okay. Yeah, so the, the simple too. thing was the soul. Right. So the soul, right? If we're talking about, and this will tie right into the true comedic science, because comedic science is about the ka and the ba, right? It's about life. Right. And so 
there's only one science of that. That's biochemistry. A lot of times, you know, we we paying attention to guys that say that they're teaching comedic science, but they're really not. They're teaching comedic history. They're teaching comedic language. They're teaching comedic culture. They're teaching comedic archaeology, but they're not teaching comedic science. Comedic science is about biochemistry. So melanin versus diabetes in part was started because of the way my mind works. For me, it was blatant. Like it, it was, it's just, it's just mind blowing for me that I'm the first person to go, wait a minute. Black people are dying from diabetes. Diabetes is the number one cause of heart disease, cancer, all these different things. We had scholars that tell us, oh, the Bible is based on Kemet. You know, the Quran is based on Kemet. You know, this is this and that is based on Kemet. Well, what is Kemet? What's happening in Kemet? We got the perfect black in Kemet, the perfect black in Kemet. Now, the perfect black, his spine is the Jed pillar. Okay, we got that. But his blood is wine, wine made from grapes. Now, we know wine is fermented fruit sugar. So now for me, this is a mind-blowing concept that the perfect black God has fermented fruit sugar for blood. And all of us are dying from diabetes. Those two things is crazy. We got Otto Warburg and, and he's not the only one, but these guys won, you know, Nobel Peace Prizes because they're breaking down just fractions of what's being communicated to us from our ancestors, but we're not really putting two and two together, you know? So for me, you know, that understanding that comedic science has nothing to do with, you know, like fake foolishness or anything like that, it's biochemistry. Like nobody would take the time. If you think about black folks nowadays, think about how, how like what it would take for us to move 2.6 million, two ton bricks, into place to put a message into that into that stone like why would we put that type of work multiple lifetime like why would we put that kind of work to arch a message in there if it was just fake if it was just mythology if it was just you know aesop's fables that doesn't make any sense those things don't even line up if we took the time to put that type of work in to to put a time capsule together basically a message that's going to stand the test of time, that would only have to be life sciences, biochemistry. So I spent, you know, the greater part of my life on trying to unravel the biochemical secrets of what, you know, was being communicated. And we, and we did a good job so far. All right. All right. I'm trying to get people to come over here. This is like a new channel. And this is trying to get the people to come to the podcast. We got to blow this thing up. Um, I think the key to it is just be consistent. Just being consistent. That's it. So come on over. I know the HOK is watching the sign of the studios. Make sure you hit the link for the cam up because we're going to end that show over there in a minute. So come on over here. Shalom to you, my brother. And um, let's get this in. So let me ask you this here, brother. Um, 
Dr. Inky incarnate as the true and living soul of Osiris. It's been 4,000 years since you learned true knowledge yourself. Since you learned real black history. That's, that's the algorithm. Dr. Inky incarnate as the true and living soul of Osiris. That's, that's the algorithm. Dr. Inky incarnate as the true and living soul of Osiris. It's been 4,000 years since you learned true knowledge yourself. Since you learned real black history. Find out the secrets of your soul. How you are being colonized. Take back your history. Create your future. Hi, my name is Wusir. Freemasonry is the largest and most successful fraternity on earth. And it's black. If we are going to celebrate anything during Black History Month, it should be Freemasonry. Celebrate by learning true black history and transforming your body with Dr. Inky's 120-day challenge. Dr. Inky's groundbreaking research has been backed by Harvard and now the National Library of Medicine. This is Freemasonry at its finest. Remember, before there was a Dr. Sebi or Dr. Inky, there was an Imhotep. Go to Amazon and get your copy now. Charles to get more than that interview. Oh Lord, that's uh, crazy. Home, I get. I done got forty thousand for an interview. Damn. I went to California yeah. last year. Uh, right, right after Show the over there award, in a minute. Man. So come on right over here. Shalom to you, my brother. I did a what? Eight and, hour um, interview. Faith and love. Yeah. over here shalom to you my brother and um let's get this in so let me ask you this here brother um because this is crazy to me we always talk about the power of the women but we forget about the power of the man we know we physically strong but mentally strong i got to give you kudos brother for doing such a great job and i want to say how did you manage to raise 10 children with no women and write all these books and run your business. How was you able to do that? But 10 children? I remember, brother. I know. I seen I seen you with all of them children when you came over my house one time. I think you had like five of them. Even yeah. when you went to keep Mary Jane. I had, like, I had, had six of them. Twins with you. Yeah. yeah how, many, how many was at the keep Mary joint? Uh, I think you had daughters five. with you. Yeah, yeah, five, yeah, yeah. How are you able to? How were you able to manage that, man, and to keep it, keep it? You know, because I I seen you doing cooking shows at one point. You know, you had your joint on, and you had the babies helping out. On, yeah, with the babies. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good show, brother. How were you able to manage ten children in a house with you, with no woman, brother? Writing books and and taking care of your business. Um, you know, to be honest, I could say some cliche like God, whatever, but to be totally real, um, I never knew anything else but that. When I was little, I had my little sister and I was, my mom's was dealing with drugs and stuff like that. So she would, you know, she would leave and I would just have to take care of my sister as a kid. You know what I'm saying? So I never knew not having somebody behind me to take care of. 
And then when I got to a certain age, she just left one day for good. So I had my own apartment and everything when I was a little, you know, I had a co-op when I was like 12 years old, you know what I'm saying? Like my own apartment, you know what I'm saying? Running around by myself doing all kinds of, you know, other things, you know? So I, I just started early and, um, yeah, I, I went from that situation to having my first daughter at the age of 14. And, um, you know, yeah, I just never, I've never not, I've never had a break. So I don't know, like, it'd be harder for me to not have anybody around. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Like when they go to school in the daytime now, because I, you know, now they stay at the age where everybody's in school. Like I literally like, and this just started January. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the first time that I've ever had like isolated time alone by myself. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, I just always had, and then, my dad had a bunch of kids, you know, my mom had a bunch of kids. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't know nothing else but that. All right, man. Yeah, that's that's powerful, brother. We need y'all to leave the HOK and the the Studios and hit the link. Come on, um, Suntan. Hit this link that you see in your chat right now because we're going to end it over there on the HOK and the Sonnetta Studios. We are right across the water. We are on the Cam Up podcast. This is where we're um, doing the show at right now. All right? This is where we're doing it at. So, um, I'm going to share uh, this on my page after, too. Yeah, I got to yeah. ask you this question, man, because uh, people are going to say, Saw, why you ain't asking them these, this, this question here? Because people do accuse you of being a liar sometimes. What is the lie you tell yourself most often, brother? <laughs> Keep it uh, above. The lie I tell, damn, that's a hell of a question. Shit. You know what? I don't think anybody ever asked me no question like that. Um, what's the lie I tell myself most often? Hmm. That's a hell of a question, sir. You know, I would challenge anybody in the, in the, in that's watching this video to ask themselves that same question. Mm -hmm. That's a hell of a question. Um, the lie I tell myself most often. Well, it could be something to motivate yourself. I, that's what I would say. I'm, I'm trying to think of it because you know I, I spend a lot of time uh, working, and I think maybe. You know, I don't really stop and think about how far, how far I've come from maybe the kid that was abandoned on 158th Street to now having a house with a pool in the backyard, a river in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? Like, so my my small children, they don't even know nothing about the hood. You know, they they, they suburban kids. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so I, I and I, I guess feeling lack and feeling like I don't have that'll probably be the biggest thing, you know what I'm saying? Like that drives me. I still have like a fear, you know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't sleep. All right. All right, family. Um, this the last one right here. We're putting this out. So we will be cutting it off on the HOK and the Sun of the Studios. Hit the link, come on across the water. We on the Cam Up podcast. We're getting ready to end the stream. I was just going there so y'all know where we at. We're ending the streams on the HOK. So come on over to the Cam Up podcast. Family.
Okay, hold on, Inky, I got you. And Danette, I just want the people to know where we at. So um, if you could, Inky, if you could go back into time and change anything, what would that be? You know, because because it was an abusive relationship, um, my Tony, you know Tony, um, everybody kind of knows Tony. She grew up on the YouTube with me. She used to ask me like, um, why did I stay with her mom so long? Like, why didn't I leave sooner? And I would just tell her. Look around, <laughs> look at all your brothers and sisters. Now think about their age and, and think about what happened, what would have happened if I would have left sooner. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, there's people that won't be in this room. So um, I don't know, I guess, you know, if you would asked me this question in my younger days, I probably would have had a laundry list of answers, but the way I see life now, if you change anything, you change everything. And, um, you know, you, you gotta, life is not really about smiling, beguiling and playing, you know what I'm saying? So the, mm -hmm. the most, the most we got to learn, I guess, is to take, you know, to take the pain as educational moments, like, like almost like nature is giving us initiations, things to go to trials, for us to prove ourselves or improve ourselves, to prove or improve ourselves. So at this point, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything major, you know what I'm saying? I guess on a small scale, you know what I'm saying? I wish we didn't spend so much time beefing. <laughs> That's true. That's one of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know, nothing major. Okay. That's powerful there, man. Like the video, thumb up the video. All right. Um, like, share, and subscribe, family. This is how we build up the channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Hit that bell. Hit that notification. Make sure you have all notifications turned on so that when we go live, you won't miss a thing. Hit that notification bell and have it all turned on. Um, I got to ask you this, brother. Without a laboratory, you know, like you probably got something in the dungeons. You got a nice house out there in Detroit. So you probably got something like the monsters. Remember the monsters back in the days where they open up the floor and you go down in the dungeon? They got the crazy lab. The lab. How do you create? Different formulas, brother. That's a good question. Um, people ask me that all the time. So I just build out from purpose. So it's it's build out from purpose. So like um going back to Amber, right? Um now with Amber's situation, she got hit her uh she broke her neck in three places, um, and her neck and her spine, her hips was crushed. Her bones was crushed. And so in that situation, which is the first formula, Mom Atomics, my main thing was, okay, she's still young. So 
she still has more active stem cells and things like that than adults would. So hydration. So that's the first thing I'm thinking. She needs to have a higher level of hydration and not just a bag of magnesium salt that, you know, IV, right? And then it was a matter of keeping her body, A, in a state where she's in a mineral or elemental mineral surplus, right? A surplus meaning a lot of times with the foods we eat, your body has to form bicarbonates or pull, you know, uh, minerals, phosphates and things like that from the bone to neutralize some of these things, um, to neutralize some of the acids of digestion. Well, if you got somebody with, you know, a lot of their body is broken up, the last thing you want to do is pull nutrients from the body. They need a phosphorus rich, you know, um, mineral rich, hydrogen rich, you know, uh, diet only, you know. And so one of the things with the doctors in the hospital, I was stopping them from taking blood so often. I'm like, bro, her blood hasn't changed from, from you know, like 30 minutes ago, an hour ago. Relax. The more blood they pull out of the body, the more um, time it takes for your body to get the blood back to the right levels. And then you, you can't think about bone building without your blood at the right levels. Your blood is the most important thing in your body. So your body's always going to try to get the blood to the right level, meaning the right amount. And then the right pH before bone. So bone is not going to be the first priority, but in that type of situation, it was. So that was an issue, making sure she had the right level of magnesium and iron bioavailable and just certain things like that. Based on her needs, I structured the mamatomics and even to the point where made it a liquid so it could go under her tongue sublingual straight to the blood. You know, and then <laughs> from there, I think the first herbal compound, this is after, this wasn't even for her, was Candida Cleanse, you know, and that was based on what we was dealing with at the time, you know, as a people, what people were asking me for, coming to me with issues, women, men. We don't realize that Candida is like a tricky kind of yeast because in states of inflammation, Candida can kind of behave like a fungus. And this is why, like right now, there's a silent outbreak of candida in a lot of the hospitals. And, you know, they're, you know, the CDC is watching it, thinking about calling it like they, they're watching to see if the death toll, you know, like if there's a death toll, it, it's getting ready to get crazy. But if it can stay like if they can keep it under control. But there's definitely an outbreak of, a, a, I think it's candida aureus or something crazy like that but it's a, there's a candida outbreak right now in the hospital system in america you know what i'm saying i ain't trying to make a panic you know but people can look it up and you know so this this is just something that we gotta you know be mindful of because candida in our body in a yeast form is symbiotic you know it kind of protects us from a lot of nastier little microbes that might be in there as long as the hair villi that protects the mucous membrane is intact. And so they're not really exposed to too much inflammation and stuff like that. So knowing what's supposed to happen in the body and, you know, the finer details of 
you know, what the situation requires, I build out backwards from that. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, so I, that's why I always try to distinguish myself from herbal salesmen, like guys that's just trying to sell. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I'll go on people's channels or even on my own channel, I'll be talking for two, three hours and people be like, yo, you didn't mention your products. I'll be like, because I don't need, like, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to teach. You know what I'm saying? Now, once you learn, if you learn that you need something and I happen to have it, dope. But that's not the, what I'm trying to do. What Carney, I'm trying to do is teach people true and living soul of dope. Osiris. But that it's been 4,000 years since you learned true knowledge yourself, since you learned real black history, Find out the secrets of your soul. How we talking for two, three hours, and people be like, "Yo, you didn't mention your product." I'll be like, "Because I don't need." Like that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to teach. You know what I'm saying? Now, once you learn, if you learn that you need something, and I happen to have it, dope. But that's not the, what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is teach people because Hosea four and six, our people are dying for lack of knowledge, and we know that part. The problem is we don't know the part that follows right after that. Our people are dying for lack of knowledge because we reject knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we judge the knowledge by the package it comes in, you know? So, you know, I won't change the way I talk. I won't change the way I dress. I'm not getting rid of my gold teeth. None of that, you know, like I'll tell you a quick story. I was out and um, you remember black and you remember everything else. I know you remember me living out in Philly. Yeah. Black Nobel and all that. Right. So um, at the time I got books in there. Now I'm doing Sunday school with Minister Inky because I hadn't got no uh, certification to call myself a doctor or nothing like that. I'm a minister at the time. And um, people may not know, but Minister Inky is because I was an ordained minister. Like, I don't just grab titles. You know what I'm saying? The title I'm most proud of is father. So I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? But I was Minister Inky because I was an ordained minister. You know what I'm saying? But I was doing Sunday school with the minister. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm thinking that, you know, like I'm doing a class and I'm referencing my books. And I'm thinking because my books are selling that the people in the class is the ones buying the books. <laughs> so one day I asked Hawk, I'm like, yo, where's all my books going, bro? He said, oh, them kids with the scrubs be coming up here from the college and they be buying these books. So fast forward, there was an old man that used to come to the class and go to sleep in the class. And we thought he was like, we didn't know what he was on. He used to come to the class and go to sleep and put his tape recorder on. So we didn't know nothing. Come to find out this guy was deep into like the medical community and all that. He would take the recordings and go play them on the college, uh, you know, to the younger kids. And so they was coming up buying the books. Fast forward, I wound up going to teach at the college a couple of times and it was all teachers there. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go teach the students. I taught the teachers. So in that moment, I realized that it was more about what you knew than anything else, because I'm standing there. I didn't go to no college, but I'm teaching people that have no idea what I'm talking about, even though they verifying everything after I teach it to them. You know, they they researching it because, you know, <laughs> who's this guy with the jeans and the sneakers and the gold teeth talking crazy? They're going back to verifying everything and they're going, yo, this this guy is brilliant. He's a genius, you know, bring him back. 
And so they kept bringing me back. But, you know, over time, I was like losing time on Broad and Erie. So I made the decision to just, you know, stop teaching at the college campus and stick with, you know, what I had already built, where they right. to pull them to me as opposed to me following them. But I just right. learned situations like that. Okay. Um, let me speak to my sister, Latoya Maat, because I do owe her an explanation. I got to speak to all my supporters. She has been supporting me for a long time, and she have a question, a very good question. It says, um, I love the unity. Truly, I do. But didn't the House of Consciousness bang on him like two weeks ago? What did I miss? My sister, Latoya, what you miss was the coming back together. Sometimes men fall out. Break up to make up. That is a real song. You know, we fall out. We get heated with each other. Even even on brothers and sisters in the household, they fall out. They don't speak for a while. They come back together. I got twins. I see it all the time. <laughs> you know, in Africa and Asante, they fall out. They don't. They get back together. I'm sorry. Hug each other. It's not cap. Um, it's not all cap, brother. You all cap. But so, what it is is like I said. Um, one day I seen Minister Inky live on his show and I'm going to keep it a buck with you, Inky. I never thought you would respond to me. <laughs> so I see Inky is live. So I said, you know what? I'm going to troll this nigga, Inky. So I, went, <laughs> I was trolling, Inky. I went into his chat and I typed in, I said, yo, brother, are you ready to get back? Are you ready to bring the information and the knowledge back to the people? That's what I said. He will tell you if I'm lying. And next thing you know, I seen him respond. I'm like, oh, shit, this nigga respond back to me. So now I'm hitting him back again. He said, yeah, brother, I'm live. I'll talk to you when the, when the stream is over. So when he said that, I said, okay. So the brother did call me, and me and the brother had a nice long talk. We pieced it out with me and him. We talked about things like, yo, brother, if I ever do something that you don't like, call me first, vice versa. I would do the same thing. And so we kicked it. We We, you know, and then we started building a little more on the phone. Then we started setting up things where he could get back and begin to teach the people. Now, if y'all know me, y'all know I don't hold grudges like that. If a brother can admit like, yo, I apologize and then I apologize and we can do that, then I think that's best for the community. Me and Inky been together for a long time. Believe that. A lot of these people are new. So, you know, we'll fall out. But I think this one right here would be a lot better because um we both understand. Let's call each other, man. We don't want to go back down that path again. What is that going to do? How is that going to help our people? All it does is separate, and it makes people choose Inky, choose me, and it separates the people. And he saw that, and I saw that. What you got to say to that, Inky? I was just going to say, man, at, at, at some point, we got to be who we say we are. You know, if we're supposed to be about the people, our personal beefs and egos and all that have to take a back seat. And people right. have to start to support that kind of behavior when they see black. If two black men can't come together, how are we going to unify a whole community? It starts with us, you know. So we was able to really come together and put our heads together. And, you know, he in the back, you know. This is what I had beef with you about, Inky, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, hold mm -hmm. on. This is the this is really what this is. Right. And he like, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, well, and I'm like, wait, this is what I got beef with you about, Sai. He's like, hold on, I could prove to you this and this and that. And I'm like, well, show and prove, <laughs> you know, you know, show and prove. And right. so 
once we did that, we seen that we didn't really have. So when you hear Sai saying the part where he's like, well, if you got, you know, call me and I'll call you, whatever. It's because after we laid all our beef on the table, we realized that it was miscommunication. If mm-hmm. he would have clarified shit with me, I would have clarified shit with him. We wouldn't have spent two, three years wasting time. And the people, the people lost out at the end of the day. We, I lost, he lost, but right. the people lost, you know? So exactly. we, and that was it. And so I hope y'all understand that. And um, that's just as real as it get. So let me ask you this, man, winding down to um, two more questions I got for you. Um, let's keep it real, though, Brother Inky. You know we're going to always keep it real, though. <laughs> yeah, here it comes. <laughs> when, when he say that, you know that means trouble is coming. <laughs> you know something is coming now because I need you to clear it up for the people. All right? Um, let's keep it real. People have accused you and said that um, you've been scamming. You've been scamming, man. Tell him, p- tell people about the water, brother. <laughs> All right. Tell people so, about the water situation. Okay, so you got um, you got a small thing that grew into a big thing that really is unrelated, right? So the first thing is I tried to formulate uh, a nationwide water distribution company with a brother from North Carolina, Nestle, Coca-Cola, and a couple other big companies was interfering. And so I had, you know, big corporations. I raised probably about eight or nine hundred dollars on facebook people giving me 25 dollars here 50 dollars here it didn't work out i had to give everybody their refund Boom. um there was one brother he sent me like a thousand dollars now when i'm collecting 25s and 50s and he sends me a thousand and i don't know him he's not from the facebook group i got nervous so we never touched his money his money was sitting there so when he started whining i immediately zip! Send this thousand dollars right back. <laughs> but that was that. So that wasn't no real big thing. You know what I'm saying? Now, fast forward, because of my association with Black and Nobel, mm-hmm. something bigger got associated with me. Black and Nobel was selling um that alkaline water out there. Right. Remember that alkaline water they had? The black water? No, it was real water. Okay. Yes, I remember. Right. That company had a water that, that water poisoned people and gave people cancer and all that. Mm-hmm. But that ain't have nothing to do with me. I didn't own that water. That wasn't my water. That wasn't the same water from North Carolina. That ain't have nothing to do with me. It's just that I was a part of Black and Nobel and Black and Nobel was selling that water. So they got in the newspapers and all that. Black and Nobel sold that water to a lot of people and people wanted answers from Black and Nobel and blah, 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 blah. So that became a big thing with them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But not associated with me. Outside of that, ain't nothing. There people could say I mailed their package late, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I don't got no, you know, I haven't done anything else. Like I've, I've never been all these years I've been like LeBron. I keep the main thing, the main thing. So I've never had a, a plan to like make money on 
you know, any other thing, real estate or paperwork or any types of things that we associate with like the conscious community stuff. You know what I'm saying? I've never partaken none of that. So people can only yeah. say that Inky sent my herbs out late and, you know, I had to wait for a long time with Inky. He must have been scamming with the, you know, but other than that, it's, and that's yeah, only because I made their stuff fresh. I made right. all of my stuff fresh. And going back to what you said earlier, it's me with all these babies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like it's not like somebody else is helping. You know what I'm saying? I do the research, then I write the book. I make the covers for the book. I do whatever little editing is done to the book. I make the formula. I capsule the formula. I bottle the formula. I make the label for the formula. I, you know, I package it. I ship it. When I'm on the videos, normally I'm the one doing the video, delivering the video, and filming the video, then editing the video. Raising the children, trying to do their homework with them, put them to bed, make sure they got their socks clean, their drawers clean. Like, all of these things is just me. Man, how do you do it, brother? Woo! <laughs> uh, and, I mean, damn, man. Do you have a timer when you go to bed and when it's time to wake up and all that? You know, because I know it takes a lot out of you. My twelve-year-old, she said, "Dad, you know, like you, you need to take a nap." And what she meant was like, "You need to take a break," because they can't. My children can't remember a time when I wasn't the last person. So for them, it's like years of me being awake. They haven't. They don't see me sleep because I gotta. I got to be the last person to go to bed and I got to be the first person to wake up. Mm. So, so they don't see what time I go to bed and they don't see what time I get up. So technically to them, I'm like always up. You know what I'm right. saying? But, um, right. Right. I run on love. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I got to ask you this question and I speak of a powerful brother who knows Dr. Sabi a little more than you, who rode with Dr. Sabi, who was taught by Dr. Sabi. And I speak of none other than KT, the arts degree. Shout out to KT. Whatever happened with you and that brother? Y'all brothers was tight, man. What happened to that relationship there? Ah, mm. You know, um, I think... I know what happened. You came out with that doom, doom, doom. That record is you bang on everybody, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You know what I think yeah. happened with me and him? I think that um, over time, like a lot, like, so for instance, a lot of what, you know, people know, they say, okay, well, you know, KT was taught by Dr. Sabi. Most of that is not exactly right and exact. KT was taught by Dr. Inky. When I met KT, KT was selling bootleg DVDs like in the barbershop. I show him how to make his first. When you say bootleg DVDs, are you talking about like movies or? Yeah, movies. Oh, oh yeah. the movies, not the yeah. conscious stuff. No, not conscious at all. Movies. Okay. He was selling movies, movies. And that's how people knew him because he would do videos about movies and like give a conscious breakdown of whatever movie. Yeah, and he was bad, man, on that. But his first formula, I told him, I was because I was like, one day I was on Red Pill and Blue Pill's blog talk, and he happened to jump on there. And he was the only person, like when I'm talking about mitochondria and this, this, he was the only person that knew what I was talking about. 
So when I finally met him, I was like, bro, you wasting your time doing this. You got to come over here. And so when we see him talking about melanin and all this and all that, that's stuff that he learned from being up underneath me. If you remember, mm-hmm. Dr. Baby was teaching that melanin doesn't exist. So so he can't attribute none of that information to Dr. Sabi. You didn't learn that from Sabi. You learned that from Dr. Inky. The first place they saw him or heard him was on my YouTube channel. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I think that when we did the the Nick Cannon documentary, that... So when we did the Nick Cannon documentary, the documentary never came out. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if it will come out because of what Nick went through with, you know... uh, Professor yeah. Griff and the Nation of Islam people and all that. Um, you know, they caused him to lose his, his money and all that. But um, when we did the filming, right, the whole idea was Dr. Sabi being able to, um, you know, go into court and could he, you know, reverse HIV and blah, 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 blah. And so there was a lot of people there at the filming. Now, the main thing these people want to know is, well, what is the strategy or what's the ideology? Like, how did Dr. Sabi, how was he able to combat HIV with food or nutrition? And nobody in the room could explain it. I jump right on the camera. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. I'm like, well... What we what we call the agent first and foremost, I started with Dr. Sabi's philosophy. I was like, well, Dr. Sabi's idea was that anal sex was creating tears in the, the lining of the colon, and so you got feces and blood uh, uh, intermingling, which is causing you know hemolytic anemia and blah 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 blah. So a lot of times when Sabi was talking about anemia, people thought that he was just talking about regular anemia where your hands and your feet get cold because you're low on iron. No. There's a different type of anemia called hemolytic anemia where cells actually break down. And when cells break down, um, part of the residue of these cells can cause people to have a false positive or negative on PCR tests, which plays into the whole uh, debate that was happening back in the 80s of whether the HIV is real or not. Right. And so um, that was that. The second thing was, okay. Um, what's known as the HIV virus, it encodes for, um, in its replication process, it requires certain things, cysteine, selenium, and blah, 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 blah. So I was able to talk specifically to the biochemistry of how this thing works. And then, as I always do, because remember, I'm just the guy from the Bronx, the doctor with the gold teeth. I'm like, I got this article right here from the National Library of Medicine that shows that they actually ran a test in Botswana where they were successful with this nutritional protocol. So just in case anybody wants that smoke, you know what I'm saying? I do have, you know, I do have the the you know from the National Library of Medicine, the um, and so I just think that that kind of played a role in you know, natural testosterone where guys want to be the main thing. You know, they don't want to be in the background. You know, you get tired of being Robin after a while. And, you know, it just led to a lot of smaller things and brother started doing his own thing. You know, some things I didn't agree with. And, you know, yeah. 
All right, man. So, um, damn. With that, we good. We done on that, man. I ain't got no more questions for you. Unless but let the- me ask you this, though. Hold on, Sal. Let me ask you this, man. Oh, shit. Hey, we good. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yo, because you, you know, you've been sitting behind the camera for a long time. You know, since Khalid Muhammad days. What made you create a platform like this where with all due respect to house of consciousness you know what i'm saying the debate sonetta studios you know what i'm saying really black news 102 that's the real you know but that's what you built you know what i'm saying but over there you don't you really more of like a referee slash Don King promoter slash you never really get to show your journalistic side. What encouraged you to create a platform where you could really just get into your journalistic bag? Because this is really, really different what you're doing over here with this cam up podcast. Like this is something where like you're you not only showing another side of yourself, but you're able to highlight the people that's on your platform you know we arguing and going crazy and shit but then we come over here and it's like you able to really like in a more of a you know you're able to get yeah like calm down like yeah yeah and really yeah and and let people you know you get to know who people really is like what made you want to do this well um i seen how we would you know i like i I have a debate channel which is a son of the studios and then i have Son at a university, which I still be looking for people to run them channels. I just didn't find nobody yet. I had a few people, but they wasn't running it right. And then, you know, I got the HOK where I got my brother Reggie over there trying to do his best to hold it down, you know, and I be getting blocked, you know, shadow banned on damn near all my channels because, uh, you know, because of the shit that, yeah, the information and, you know, people the flag. So we get shadow banned. And um, some people don't even get my notification until I, finish the show. And they say, damn, I just got the notification. So I, I said, yo, brother, we done. <laughs> I get calls like that. You know, yo, y'all live? I got a notification. Brother, we just ended it. Oh, damn, brother, I just got the notification. So they do stuff like that to discourage people, to make people feel, oh, nobody's interested in you. Nobody, not you, but nobody interested in what you're showing or what yeah. you got. That's what the purpose of it is. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. you can look at crazy platforms and see the gutter shit in there to just blow them up. Like, damn, how, who the hell are these niggas working with? Who the hell is these people? And Bro, Charleston they, White said he gets $40,000 for a video sometimes. Yeah, and he do. And he do, brother. But what 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 did it was um being under Dr. Khalid Abdul-Muhammad. People swear they know my history. And they say stuff like, Charles to get more than that interview. Oh, Lord, that's uh, crazy. Home, I get, I done got 40000 for an interview. Damn. I went to California yeah. last year. Uh, Right right after the BET Awards, man. I was right, man, 40000 Nigga, I, I, I did a, what, eight-hour interview. Faith and love. Yeah, yeah. And faith, believe, faith and love. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Muhammad. People swear they know my history, Inky. They say stuff like, 
Oh, you've been suspended from, from the Black Panthers. Never been suspended from the Black Panthers. I've been sat off my posts one time to, to learn. It was a learning lesson that Dr. Khalid, even the best of the best, got sat down. Malcolm got sat down off his post. Khalid got sat down off his post by the Honorable Minister Louis Barricade. Have we forgot? And so I got sat down. So now I fit in that category with these great men. I got sat down for like damn near a week before he reinstated me back on my post. It wasn't like I'd been suspended. And see, so people talk stupid sometimes when they say that. You know, you've been suspended and this and that. No, never been suspended. I've been sat down. And the reason why was because Khalid was upset because I didn't call him to let him know I had a meeting with Al Sharpton, you see? So I forgot I was supposed to call the head man to ask him, yo, is this all right? Is it all right? Because, you know, him and Al Sharpton go back and forth. Beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what the hell I'm going over there meeting with Al Sharpton if you and Khalid beefing? So I'm I'm like trying to get, trying to get some, um, trying to get Al Sharpton to donate to us because we were doing a free food program that, that down during that season. And so, which he did, and um, we went out, we bought a lot of food, we bought some bread and all that stuff. And, you know, to make a long story short, was he's the man that motivated me. And so, after him being assassinated, I always say assassinated, I don't say he died, I don't do none of that. He was biologically um, attacked. He died under biological chemical warfare. That's what I say, you know. Ain't no way. Khalil said, man, if I slip on a banana pill, goddammit, the white man did it. <laughs> so that was he ain't never said, yo. So when his downfall, he said to his wife, don't tell them who I am. Don't tell them my name. Because he knew he had to go into the hospital. So he said, don't tell them who I am. You know? But he yeah. never made it to the hospital. She went back to bed. She woke up, and he was still on the bathroom floor laying down with vomit coming out of his mouth. So we know it was some poison that he had, and that's why I say biological. There's um, there's um, something called ricin, and if you look up the word ricin, you know exactly what that plant, is. And they will not find any of that in your system when they do an autopsy. So I say yeah. biological warfare. They didn't want to do it the way they did Malcolm X. You see, Malcolm yeah. X became a what? A martyr, celebrating his birthday now, putting yeah. up. Mountain Martin Luther Malcolm X Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we can't yeah. do him the same way. We got to learn from this. We got to biologically kill him, and we got to get a nigga to do it to make sure we can put it in the food. The Peace to the family. This is Adol Ali, candidate for U.S. House District 12 here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's just be real, folks. The Democrats have destroyed our major cities. Their policies have made us less safe. They've given us less economic opportunity, and they've provided less educational opportunities for our children. And that's why I'm running for Congress, because I know what it takes to improve these issues. I've got great working relationships already in D.C. I've spent the last 10 years of my life building my political resume so that one of us, somebody who thinks like we do, could get into D.C. and make a difference. I want you to visit AliforCongress.com to find out more about my campaign. The Democrats have already done enough, and now they're putting illegal aliens in front of people like you and me, folks whose ancestors built this country and made it what it is today. So again, I'm asking you to support me in my run for U.S. House District 12 here in North Carolina. 
You don't have to live in North Carolina to support because what happens in Congress affects the entire country. So again, it's AliForCongress.com. I hope to have your support. Peace and love, y'all. Do him the same way. We got to learn from this. We got to biologically kill him. And we got to get a nigga to do it, to make sure we can put it in the food. The last meal he ate was in Philadelphia. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. It was in Philadelphia at the All-Star game. You know, he went, remember when the all, it was when at the time of the All-Star game being in Philadelphia, that's when he passed away. So go and look that up and you will see the time he felt that same night. He made it all the way home from Philly and he passed out right there. I woke up with phone calls like crazy. Everybody calling me, yo, Khalid in the hospital. He this and that, that, all of that, man. You know? But he never made it to the hospital. Yeah, he was gone already. He was gone. And so, um, hold on, hold on. Let me get it right. Let me get it right now. Did he make it to the hospital? I don't remember. I think he did, but I think someone pulled the plug, if I'm not mistaken. It could be one of those. I got it mixed up with somebody else or whatever. But it's one of those situations. No, that could both be true. It could be that he made it to the hospital, but yeah. it was too late but to save him. He was already brain dead, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. His brain was already gone. Yeah. So I think I got it right. He was already brain dead and they had to pull the plug. They ain't had no other choice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because that's right. I remember all the Panthers was out there securing the building, securing his room, securing all of this. So um, that's what that's what motivated me more. And so when they when that, when that happened, I stopped for a while. I stopped doing what I was doing. And then it was the World Trade Center bombing. When that happened, that's when I left my job the next day. I said, I ain't going back downtown with these motherfuckers no more. Hell no. And so I was already in the, in, in the process of selling, um, not DVDs, but VHS tapes on the weekend. When I finished working, I would go out and get extra money and sell DVDs on the weekend in that's front of the juice bar. That's what right? I remember. He was down the juice yeah. bar. And yeah. so he got mad at me and, and called the police so many times to move me from in front of his spot because I was too damn militant, you no, know? He was wilding. He was wilding. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> because it rubbed off no, on me. From the sir, cops. sir, sir, sir. Yeah. That's, that's not a good description. Okay. All right. All so right. If y'all people, when he say I was too militant, that don't really describe nothing. You gotta, you gotta think about Saw first of all. He wearing the fatigues, you know, the black mm-hmm. fatigues with the tall boots, suited and booted. That's the uniform, suited and booted. Then he got the megaphone loud as <laughs> loud and crazy out there. <laughs> Cussing white folks out. <laughs> Bow down to the black man. So. You got white folks coming up, bowing down to, to Sarnetta, kissing his boots and all kind of crazy shit out there. Yeah. Police pulling up, trying to grab the white folks, trying to mm-hmm. lock up Sarnetta. <laughs> you can't even have no run no business. You trying to run a business yeah. behind him where you welcoming everybody in. So I was like, hell no, the white folks. So, so Dave, the owner of the juice bar, ran me away from his spot. That's when I went up the block. And I'm glad because that was even a better spot. I'm right across the street from the Apollo Theater. What better place can you be where all of the tourists come, everybody coming out the Apollo, people lining up, going in for um, um, an amateur night at the Apollo, the kids coming across the street. Yo, what is this? And that's when and I, my ball horn goes all the way across the street. Oh, man, it was on like crazy out there. 
in the summer especially. And so that's where it comes from. That's what motivated me to do it, to carry on the message. And that's why I always said, black power, black power. You could hear that shit all the way down the block. I had two big flags. I created and made two big red, black, and green black flags and green. where I would hang one on the right and hang one on the left, Pinky. And you could see the flags. People said they could tell if I was outside by looking up the block to see if they see the flag. See the flags was out And they would yeah. see the flag waving in the air. They, oh, he out there. Saw that out there. And they would come out there. You see what I'm saying? And so that's how that started. But now I got to say this. Um, I got to say this part right here. You know, I never met Sister um, Nikki, right, when I was in jail. So I heard people say, oh, yo, you met, you went to jail, you was with her, then you went to jail and came back. I wasn't even living on 150th Street. I lived on 150th Street when my mother moved, when I was in jail, when I was locked up. So I needed a place to stay in order to get out. You see what I'm saying? And so I said, yes, I used my mother's address. And so I had to go right there to 150th Street. That's when I began to meet people and meet Ben and meet all the other people. But my name was never Frankie. Nobody knew me by Frankie. They all know. knew it was, me. Hold on, hold on. It was, uh, hold on, Salik Karan? That's what it was. So when he said, yeah, his name was Frankie, and he changed it to Salik Karan, no, the fuck I did. I came home, Salik Karan. You see what I'm saying? I was home, Salik Karan. Nobody called me by my government right now to this very day. Even to this day, they don't call me Frankie. They call me Sarnetta now because they know me by Sarnetta. Or when people say, yo, Salik, that's how I know people who know. Oh, that's one of my old That's how I knew you as Salik Karan. Thank you, brother. That's how the people know me by Salik Karan. You see what I'm saying? So when, when somebody comes to me and say, yo, Salik, I'll be like, oh, shit. Before I even turn around, that's an OG that know me from back in the day. And I turn around because my name ain't Salik no more. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, man, that's how that happened. So, you know, it's all good, though, now, though. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, uh, make a suggestion to the people that wind up um, doing these type of interviews with you. A lot of times people are so excited with their own agenda mm-hmm. and they want to be heard. Right? right. So I just want y'all to know. See how I just did it? How he asked me a bunch of questions there before I got out of here. Ugh, I'm the journalist now. I'm asking Saw some questions. <laughs> Ask Sarnetta some questions because he got a lot of history in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The same way books, you can pull a lot of information from books. Books are written by people. You know what I'm saying? Sarnetta is a book, a book of Harlem history, book of consciousness history. Yeah, you so, asked the right question. I, I pull it out. And yeah, you asked the right question. And see, my goal was to get everybody shine. That's what I wanted, Inky. It wasn't so much about with me. I could have did interviews by myself with Tariq Nasheed, with David Ben. When David called me, oh, brother, I'm coming into New York. Uh, um, a few people, when they call me, but as soon as I get that call, I end up calling people like, yo, Captain, come. would you like to interview so-and-so? Oh, hell yeah. And I call them, though, let's go. You know, I call other people to do the interviews because it was not always about me. I like to put other people in the light. But when this nigga polite did me dirty, 
He did me dirty, brother. I was no. supposed to be on Power 105. What, power? What is it? Power 105. This nigga did me dirty like a motherfucker. You know, I when, know. Um, check this out. Check this story out. This is all facts, all real. Meta World Peace calls me. He calls me. This is when he was with, who is, I think he was the Knicks. He called yep. me. He was playing the Knicks or with the Knicks, one of them, and says, yo, brother Saw, this is Meta World Peace. And I was like, yo. He was at the hotel. Yeah, I said, yo, come on, man. Stop playing on my phone. Who is this? This Metal World Peace. Click. I hang up the phone. <laughs> he calls me back. Yo, brother Saw, this is Metal World Peace. For real, for real. I'm serious. This is where I'm at. I'm down here doing this. I'm at the hotel. And I'm like, oh, shit. This Metal World Peace? He said, yeah, man. I'm not here playing. He said, I would love to meet you, brother. Come on down to the hotel. I'm right here. So I said, yo, Asante, my son. I said, yo, you want to you go meet Metal World Peace? He was like, yeah, Pop. So I took my son Asante with me, and I called this nigga Polite. I said, yo, Polite, would you like to go and meet Meta World Peace to interview? <laughs> oh, hell yeah, so let's go, let's go. I take him down, we go down there, I meet Meta World Peace. Next day, this nigga is like this with Meta World Peace. Cling to him. I called Polite one day because I lost his number. I said, yo, Polite, I need... Meta World Peace number because I want to see if he want to invest with me. You know, we want to get investors, motherfuckers that got money. I said, yo, I need him to invest in me so that we could get this storefront going on and popping, you know, and have some nice um juice in the back and I get them popping. This nigga told me, nah, you know, I don't want to do that. I can't. I said, you're not asking him. I said, nigga, that's me. I was mad as hell, bro. I ended up cursing him out, talked about his wife. <laughs> I remember. Everybody, bro, I was mad. I said, you rotten piece of shit. And then there's another time where we were supposed to go to Power 105, and he was supposed to call me. When he get there, down here, this nigga never called me. I said, yo, dude, why you ain't call me, man? Oh, yo, we was running late, and I had to hurry up and get there. I'm like, this nigga here, you done did me dirty too many times. You know, and so in this situation, even the people say, How come Sarnetta never denounced polite? And they still say that to this day. But I have denounced polite five years ago, three years ago, four years ago. There's a video up where you can go to the video. I said, If polite is found guilty, they need to lock that nigga up, put him in front of a firing squad, and lock him up next to Dr. York. I said all of that. Forget them videos. What yeah. happened behind the scenes with you and him that you don't share with people? Yeah. I have a video that I, me and Polite was going in. And and um, I called him and I said, yo, Polite, are you going to clear my name before you get locked up? Are you going to let these niggas know I ain't got shit to do with what's going on with you and all this? This nigga said, yo, I ain't got time to do all that. I'm going through shit. You don't know what the fuck I'm going through. He starts screaming off on me like that. I said, mother, huh? you know me. I just went in on him. I just said, nah, 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 nah. and at the end of it, I said, nigga, you probably did it. You probably did it. I don't know. You probably did it because he got me so mad where I said it. And he said, click, and hung the phone up on me. When I said that, he was mad as hell. I said, yeah, you probably did it, nigga. And so 
People don't know, but I let Inky hear the conversation. People be like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, son, you ain't say all that. I said, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, I just don't be putting stuff out on the people because once they started blaming me with them, I said, I don't need to let these niggas hear shit. Let them believe what they want to believe. And you know, by the time you let her out to the public, people, people well, going to record it and remix yeah. the video and all kind of other right. shit. But right. So I we definitely put, heard it, the video. Mr. Inky heard I was like, nigga, F you, nigga. F you, yeah, you probably wild. fucking did it, nigga. I was so mad at this nigga. You know? That was wild. Yeah. That was wild. yeah. So people don't know I said that. So I just let them, man, go ahead, y'all. Whatever. Yeah, that was wild. But Tazari, I know I said it, though. You know? You know, a few people know we had these arguments. I just didn't put the tape out. I let niggas think what they want to think. And I still got the video, the audio. Still got it. You probably and need a you probably got, need a whole room for all of the videos and shit you got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you got years worth of shit. Yeah, man. So um anyway, brother, so close us out of this thing, man. That was a good question. I like the question that you asked me. That was a good one. One day I might give you the opportunity of interviewing me yeah. on your channel. That'd be great. <laughs> so you know, you know how many people ask me for interviews, brother, and I'd be like, uh. You know, yeah. Zion Lex was the last one to ask me. He asked me last week. Zion yeah. Lex asked me last week. Captain Tazoriak. A lot of people. Yo, sir, I want this. My man Rich from the Underground Railroad. Hey, shout out to Zion Lex for that. I ain't even going to say for the whole debate because, you know, that guy Salah Shalom, that Owaspi Bible is baloney, but he is an intelligent brother. I don't, I think that, I think that he, is mistaken the Owaspi Bible for his own intelligence. People are not listening to him breaking down the Owaspi Bible because the Owaspi Bible is special or unique or got something to it. It's his charisma and his intelligence that people is interested in. So if you look at the debate with him and Captain Tazariak, he was he was, you know, the first part of that shit, he had Captain on the, you know, like he was who you talking about Zion? Who Zion? No, uh, no Salon. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did have Captain on the ropes. But but he was, you could tell he wasn't used to that. And so mm -hmm. Captain was able to use his experience and just yeah. draw him towards the and end. I told him he's a slippery ill. But, but, like slippery. Same thing with Zion. He kind of had Zion. It was looking a little, you know, he started going into some science and whoop, whoop. And then when Zion started pulling out the real information about that Bible, he went to the other book and showed the real thoughts of that author on the, you know, black people. And, you know, he started to corner Selah with, you know, where you, you get Selah repeating himself or like, well, white people is better than black folks. And like, you starting to hear crazy <laughs> shit come out of him. Like, yo, wait, what? The like, is that what that book teaching you, nigga? Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so shout out to Zion for, uh, that was masterful how he did that. He, like, that last half of that debate. That was dope. Yeah. All right, so brother, you got unlimited closeout. Go ahead, man. Close us out of here. Um, hey, thank you. Um, thank the family. You know, everybody for um, tuning in. You know, for the people that welcome, you know, welcome back, welcome <laughs> back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, for the people that you know want a little bit of smoke, you know what I'm saying? I'm here for it. Cedric, 
Who you would you stop. like to take on, though? Who would I you would like, like to take get, on? I would like to take on Cedric. I think that Cedric, um, yeah, he's running. He's a, uh, he's a runner. He runs a lot. He'll talk a real good one, you know. But I'm gonna talk to Cedric and see if I can get him. So before you go, I want to play this. Um, I mean, as you go, I want to play this commercial one last time for the night. Um, but close us out, and then I can get to my man's commercial real quick. All right. Uh, not not a long winded commercial. Um, guys, we we you know we on Amazon, so um, definitely. You guys are, are more interested in the information. I know, you know, you hear me say some crazy things. The problem is with the crazy things I say is I could scientifically validate and prove them. Um, so uh, we have some books on Amazon support over there. Outside that, can't wait, you know, to get back over there on the Sonetta Studios page to, you know, you know, do what we do over there. And I appreciate your time and everybody else's time. Yes. And for one more thing, because for when the people say, yo, Inky still got the book up. No, he don't. The book is up, but I guess it takes some time to go down, but it says out of print. Yeah, that's what Amazon does, because so Amazon... Look at it. It tells you this book is out of print. On Hi, my name is Wusia. Freemasonry is the largest and most successful fraternity on earth, and it's black. If we are going to celebrate anything during Black History Month, it should be Freemasonry. Celebrate by learning true black history and transforming your body with Dr. Inky's 120-day challenge. Dr. Inky's groundbreaking research has been backed by Harvard and now the National Library of Medicine. This is Freemasonry at its finest. Remember, before there was a Dr. Sebi or Dr. Inky, there was an Imhotep. Go to Amazon and... That's, that's the algorithm. People don't realize that, like nowadays, Amazon is known for so many different things, but Jeff Bezos, and I, I love this part of Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos proved, because he's like one of the top three richest men in the world, he did it selling books. So I, I, you know, that to me is inspirational that in today's time, you can still get to that level <laughs> with knowledge, you know what I'm saying? So Amazon started off as a book website where you buy books it's still book based so they keep their library you know their ability to say they got x amount of books by holding books that's no longer available so even if you can't never buy the book again the book will still be floating around up there but when you try to buy it it'll say book out of stock or you know you can't buy it you know what i'm saying so that's what that is all right thank you brother so with that Peace and blessings, y'all. Let me get with the paying the bills. Got to pay the bills. What's going on? This Captain Cesar, y'all back again with what I call a 50% off flash sale. What a flash sale means, it could be one-day sale, two-day sale, or a week sale. It's a flash sale for a reason. It's going to come, and then it's going to go. So you definitely want to take advantage. Whether you go to my Etsy site or Amazon, you get 50% off of all of them, two-day shipping. 
you order it, it's shipped within two days. I have my original sense, like fourth dimension original, virtuous, forbidden, irresistible, blue man, gold butter. Also, I have new sense, like sweet blue, deep blue, uh, moments, which is a nice, good, clean scent. Magnus, which is the replacement for Magnum. Any scent or flavor that you like, I have it covered. I got the body scrubs coming. They should be available by tomorrow. So you definitely want to take advantage of this flash sale support. And you know who did that for him, right? Mm -mm. We did. Remember mm -hmm. when we first met um, Captain Tazaria? He didn't do PowerPoint. He didn't do, they was going outside doing research and sourcing up. Nothing, yeah, he was rough. From us, brother. You need to remember yeah. that, Inky. I and do. Uh, they ain't know how to do no business. <laughs> they, yeah. this Super rough. they was just strictly um, the Bible, the Bible. And, and I would be talking to them like, yo, nigga, you could do this and y'all could be doing this. And, you know, you got to source up. You got to go and get that. So he went out. They got their computers. And next thing you know, they got their podcasts and they sourced up. a long way. They learned that from the conscious community. Thanks. Captain, I hope you learn. I hope you. Let me call the captain right now and see if he will admit that. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if he will admit it. Because Captain is a is a, a a righteous brother, so let me give his ass a call right now and see if he will at least admit it while we live on the air. Because we need this on record. Here you go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Captain. Yeah, he watching the show. He said, I ain't picking that damn phone up. Leave a deep Oh, wow. The, the phone was messed up, too. Hold on. Yeah, this joint is messed up. His phone is messed up. Yeah, it ain't never ring like that. But anyway, man, he gonna call me right back right after I end the show. But uh, yeah, man. So yeah, that's how I went down. Peace to the family. This is Abdul Ali, candidate for U.S. House District 12 here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's just be real, folks. The Democrats have destroyed our major cities. Their policies have made us less safe. They've given us less economic opportunity, and they've provided less educational opportunities for our children. And that's why I'm running for Congress, because I know what it takes to improve these issues. I've got great working relationships already in D.C. I've spent the last 10 years of my life building my political resume so that one of us, somebody who thinks like we do, could get into D.C. and make a difference. I want you to visit AliForCongress.com to find out more about my campaign. The Democrats have already done enough, and now they're putting illegal aliens in front of people like you and me, folks whose ancestors built this country and made it what it is today. So again, I'm asking you to support me in my run for U.S. House District 12 here in North Carolina. 
You don't have to live in North Carolina to support because what happens in Congress affects the entire country. So again, it's AliForCongress.com. I hope to have your support. Peace and love, y'all. All right, man. Make-